What's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. It's Jeremy Brenner here, and tonight, another loss for the Rockets. Final score, 126 to the Sacramento Kings, 114 to your Houston Rockets. But I don't necessarily feel as there is really a an indication of how close the game was tonight. I think, in fact, it, the game was a lot closer, I think, than than 12 points because of how the game was. This game was essentially a track meet, and the Kings just were able to hit more shots than the Rockets were, and they were able to hit more threes, um, or at least it seemed like they were able to hit more threes. That's kind of what their MO was. The Rockets kind of caught back up towards the end both teams with 13 made threes, but the Kings were able just to make more shots at the end of the day. And sometimes, and in fact, all the time, pretty much, that's how you win basketball games. And the Rockets, even though they started off real strong tonight, had a double-digit lead in the first half, they really started to struggle in that second quarter. At the end of the second quarter, they gave up the lead for good, and then it kind of just went downhill from there. But it wasn't it wasn't a bad loss tonight. Like I, I hate to say good loss because I don't think any loss is good, but this game they they played well. There there's some good there's some good takeaways from tonight's game. You know, Christian Wood, I thought, had a good night, started off real strong with 15 points in that first quarter, struggled with fouls though. And that's something that I think maybe had he not struggled with fouls, maybe this game turns out a little bit differently. But Christian Wood had 26 points altogether with eight boards, led the team in points. Jay Sean Tate had a really good night as well. 17 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. The, you know, Jalen Green struggled a little bit. It's nice to see that he's getting more looks, but it's disappointing to see that he's not making those looks. Only one of six tonight from three and five of 18 from the field. Kevin Porter was good at getting to the basket tonight, but his three-point shot wasn't hitting either one of seven. From him, he had 16 points, eight assists, seven boards. You know, I thought there was some – so I think, yeah, good takeaways. Christian Wood played really well. Deshaun Tate played really well. Eric Gordon continues to shoot the lights out of the basketball. I feel like he should be getting more shots. Like, he went 9 of 10 the other night against San Antonio and went 6 of 9 tonight. So he's only missed four of his last 19 shots. Like, he should be taking more shots. Um, Now, granted, he isn't necessarily the guy that the team runs through, but when a guy is hot like this, you you really have to go to him. And I understand, like, yes, Jalen is who you want to run the offense through, and I'm I'm pleased that they're trying to run more shots through Jalen Green. And, you know, earlier in the season, when you see Jalen get, like, 10 shots up and everyone else is getting, you know, 1520 you're like well well why is Jalen not getting those shots but you know if you're trying to win the game you got to go through your hot hand and today Eric Gordon was that hot hand but it wasn't going to him enough it was going to Jalen Green and Jalen like and and I wouldn't necessarily say that Jalen had a bad game overall although it could have been better his shooting was was just not there tonight and um, you know, that's, he struggled a little, he struggled a lot over the last, you know, week or two, but this is just 
to me, this is natural. This is like a natural rookie wall, uh, a young, and, and I think Josh Christopher tonight also hit that. Um, he struggled a little bit tonight as well. He was making some, some odd choices with the ball, uh, some travels, some unforced errors. And I think that's where the Rockets lost this game tonight. They had a lot of unforced errors during the game and where they were beating themselves. It wasn't even necessarily the Kings that were beating them. It was the Rockets beating them. And in reality, that's why you lose this game. The, the, unfor- the, the unforced errors, the turnovers that they made that are, are preventable is, is why the Rockets lost this game tonight. And I'm really glad that this is a two-game series because the Rockets are going to be able to watch film from tonight and they're going to be able to uh, they're going to be able to correct their mistakes. They're going to get a do-over on this. And we saw earlier in the season when the Rockets with the Lakers, they struggled in that first game, but they didn't play too bad. But in that second game, they came out a lot stronger. And had they hit one more shot, maybe they win this game. Uh, maybe they win that second game in LA. But I think I think give the Rockets some some real good uh, film on this game. I think they're going to be able to soak it up. And they're going to be able to learn from their mistakes. I think that Sunday, if they just play their game without forcing all those turnovers upon themselves, I think they grab this win uh, on Sunday. So, you know, I think when it comes to the Kings tonight, Marvin Bagley was someone that was really difficult to stop. 26 points, 13 rebounds for him. They just, they, the thing is with the way the Kings play is they were, they were pushing the tempo the entire game and the Rockets seemed to really be in their, in the Kings game. They were playing the Kings game all night and they were hanging with them. And it was only going to get to a point where, you know, maybe if the Rockets had just, you know, hit some of their shots or if they had slowed the game down a little bit, maybe that would have put them over the edge. But tonight, like, you know, they had no answer for the Aaron Fox and they had no answer for Marvin Bagley. And, the way the offense ran tonight, it was it went through Fox and Fox had no answer. And then Fox would be able to dish it off to Bagley in the paint. Bagley had that little floater and it was something that the Rockets really had no answer for. Or Fox would kick it out to Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald would hit, he hit four threes tonight. Terrence Davis, another one, the, the next Rockets role player to go off on the Rockets, 14 points off the bench for him. So, I think the Rockets, they really struggled in that department. But against the Kings, you know, it's kind of okay because the Kings put so much of their emphasis in their game on the offensive end. So if you, you know, play up with – that's why the Rockets are a good matchup for the Kings because – or the Kings are a good good matchup for the Rockets because they just run. They, they, They play a pace. And the Rockets, for the most part, were able to keep up with it. The only time when they weren't is when the Kings played like when they actually started playing defense the rockets and then the rockets they caught the rockets on a real sloppy run for them and that's when the kings were able to blow the game open like want to say it was like a 15 to 17 point i don't think it ever got to 20 points but it was somewhere between 15 and 20 in that fourth quarter and it really knocked the rockets out of the game even though the rockets they did keep they did hang in there they did hang in there excuse me and they had I think they made it a seven point game at one point in the last couple of minutes, but it was just too little too late. But 
I don't want to make this too long tonight, but I do have a speaker request from Adam, a frequent caller here on the show. So I'm going to bring up Adam to hear what he has to say. Adam, uh, thanks for staying up late with me tonight. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Just really sucky loss, but uh, you know what? All's all's good in the neighborhood. I get to talk Rockets uh, basketball. So anytime yeah. I can do that is a, is a good time for me. I thought, and I agree. I think there are there are some positives tonight. It's really uh, kind of a, a tale of two halves for the for the Rockets. Um, but like, I want to start with like a kind of a kind of an overall high level point. I I think we have somewhat of a warped view of how the rest of the league views the Rockets players, um, especially Christian Wood. I think I think the, the the rest of the league is a lot higher on Christian Wood than we are, and we see a lot more of him. And maybe that's why. And you kind of get a sense of that if you listen to a lot of the other teams' broadcasts and kind of how they view Christian Wood. And and I can kind of see their perspective from a outsider view. You know, he's putting up, you know, 17, 18, and 10 a game with really without a true point guard. He's doing it somewhat, you know, pretty efficiently. Um, but uh on kind of on Christian Wood tonight, yeah, it was it was really, it was uh we we got we got the full Christian Wood experience in a in a sense, right? He scores 15 points in eight minutes, you know, tallies three fouls, basically doesn't play the rest of the first half, and is really a no show until I don't think he scored till there was like three three four minutes left in the game, you know, but then he you know, scores six eight you know six or eight points eleven points at the end, yeah. It's kind of it's 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 the full Christian Wood experience, right? It's just the, there's, you know, there's not that KG type of fire and they're not a lot of players that have that type of kind of mentality, but, you know, he kind of, he, he's, he's, he kind of embodies a lot of what the team is. We, we really are kind of like a mood ring. You know, we, we play, uh, we play with a certain mood and when our, when we got a, a good mood going, we're playing well. I think we, you know, we, we were up by, by nine after the first down by five after the second not down nine after the third and just it's it's really as we play as as how we're playing on offense really dictates the rest of our game and 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 maybe less so of that it, I, there wasn't a lot of defense in the Rockets but you know they just really get up or down based on just whether the the shots are 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 going down or not for them yeah you know at the beginning of the game I was like I was looking at like the Kings they were starting it looked like they were starting Chemezi Metsu at, at center and I was like Oh, this is a perfect game for Christian Wood for a guy like he's going to have he's going to have mismatch opportunities in throughout the game. And they they went to him early. And I think him getting those him getting those fouls was a very difficult part of the game because he wasn't available for that entire second quarter. They put Daniel Tice out there for for Wood's secondary half uh, secondary first half minutes. And having Daniel Tyson there wasn't good enough. Like having Christian Wood there, because that's when the Rockets, I think, truly lost the game is is in that late second half where the Kings went on that little bit of a run. They took a five-point lead going to the break. And if you have Christian Wood in those minutes, you know, that would have maybe helped cushion the blow a little bit. Maybe and then because then the Kings had all that momentum coming into the second half. Then they start the second half on that big run and and it really was the Rockets trying to dig themselves out of it from there. But for me, 
this is like I just thought about this kind of on the spot. So I'm gonna kind of come at it, and it's a raw thought. So I might I might come off crazy here, but Adam, you're my soundboard, so I'm gonna let you react to it live. So Christian Wood to me is is in in a lot of ways like Russell Westbrook, where the talent's obviously there. Like it's it's you cannot deny it, but they they really limit the ceiling for your team. And it's because whoever Wood is out there with, it affects the other players on the court. Like Wood can only be, can be the only big on the court. Whereas, and Russ is like, Russ is the kind of guy where he really on most occasions needs to be the only ball handler on the court. And because Russ takes so much of that usage, it limits the people around him. And he has LeBron freaking James around him. Whereas with Christian Wood, you know, it would be nice to see Wood be able to play with another big to really cushion this blow. Because a lot of the things, too, the Kings were able to drive through the rim like, you know, like it was open. Like it was just like the back door was open. Nobody, there was no lock on the door. Like they were just letting people in, you know, like it's the 1950s, like everyone's friendly. But it's just at this point, like Christian Wood, He's great. Like he is great and the numbers are there, but I do question his ability to succeed on a contending team. We're on any, like really to be on any good team, because you look at the teams that he's been on, like he hasn't really been on a really good team in his NBA career. And it's because I think when he does get to play, it limits who else is out there to be with. And I think like, that's the main reason why Christian Wood should be moved if if they choose to move on from him at the deadline because he's proven that him being out on the floor it limits what you're able to put around him and therefore the overall success of the team. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he we we're definitely in a in a relationship with a high maintenance you know player. If this was a kind of a relationship, when things are good, they're really good. But when they're not, and most of the time they're not, just based on just the composition of the team you know we really you know we we take kind of the form of kind of the of of the game of you know of of wood and how he's playing and what his mentality is and it does kind of impact kind of everything that we have to we have to do as a team it's a it's a conundrum in general right because there's a lot of there's a lot of variance in terms of what we can get back for him what his true value is can you get back Miles Turner for him? Can you get back a player that's really going to impact, you know, the defense or is an elite player on and at, at some skill? Or do you have to like with Marvin Bagley? Marvin Bagley had his best game of the year, you know, tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of players are having their best games of the year. A lot of players are kind of realizing if you if you play hard against this Rockets team, you can you can you can put up numbers. You're probably going to win. Yeah, but but like with with Bagley, you know, so if if you compare Wood and Bagley, obviously Wood's a better player. He's more consistent in being able to create his own offense. You saw a lot of Bagley's points were coming off of Halliburton assists. Um, so do you you know would would you trade? You know, there's the question of not necessarily trading him for Bagley, but for a player like Bagley that maybe is underperformed, but was coming to league with a lot of a lot of cachet and and. Do you bet on one of those younger players that are, you know, 20, 21 to develop into, 
an elite player um, and maybe that's a bigger package? Um, or do you stick with Wood? And obviously, we, we as you mentioned, we kind of know what the ceiling is with Wood, you know, generally. And it's kind of an interesting kind of uh, like, yeah. issue. The to have. me, it's getting to the point where I struggle. I think I get further away from seeing the Rockets contending with Christian Wood as the five. It's just, it's really hard for me to envision that, you know, every day. Um, you know, I think maybe a, maybe a month and a half ago, I was, I was still in that kind of mindset, but the, we, we've seen a lot more basketball in the last six weeks. And I think what it is, is just with Christian Wood, he, he needs to be on a team that where he can contribute. He like, he needs to be that. But the question is, is he like, is he going to be able to be that while also being while also having guards contribute as well. And to me, I don't know if the reason behind that is because, you know, Jalen green and Kevin Porter are just struggling right now, or they're young, or maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, there's a whole lot of different variables that we really don't know. And until, or unless they are played out. But I think from what we've seen so far, just knowing, because my thing is this, obviously, Shangun just came back tonight, but we're getting to this point now where, like, Shangun is obviously a part of the future the team needs to invest in. And in order for Wood to work, he's going to have to work alongside Shangun. And I don't know if if Steven Silas is against playing them together more often or if this is just a, a matter of, you know, happenstance where, you know, they just haven't been able to get the opportunity because it seemed like Alper and Shengun was on a minutes restriction tonight and Christian Wood obviously was restricted by getting a foul trouble and such. But I'd like to see them both play alongside each other just to see if it would work. Like, you know what, if it, if it doesn't work, because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least, you know, you're, this, this is, you know, the benefit of rebuilding teams is you kind of have you have time to really assess everything. And I just don't feel like that's been properly assessed yet. But that's like the only reason why I would consider keeping Christian Wood at this point, because if he if he can work alongside Shengun, then I think it could work. But knowing knowing what we know about Shengun right now, I just I, I don't know if it's going to work alongside Wood. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And the like the fit for Wood on other teams or kind of the mark the trade market for him if if they have the same view that you have is is kind of tough in a way because with the advent of the play-in, there's really five teams that really really know that they don't have a chance to for the playoffs, you know, five or six. And those are kind of like the teams that Christian Wood would work on, right? I it seems I don't I I don't necessarily see him on a contender necessarily. Maybe, maybe there's a kind of a bottom tier playoff team as well that, you know, could, could work that that's can make up for his kind of defensive, you know, lack of defense or can has a dominant personality that can get him you know, kind of manage, manage that relationship better. But um, and you mentioned Shingun as well. I thought Shingun looked pretty spry um, today. I think maybe some of that, it's just the rest as well, but in his minutes, he seemed, you know, he seemed to kind of, 
recover on defense a little bit better. Um, you saw him with a couple of blocks on Davion Mitchell. And, and generally, you're also kind of seeing that the rest of the league is adapting to those scouting reports on him. They're definite, definitely, you know, allowing that three-point shot, which he's still not really comfortable with. That would really take him to another level on offense and would would actually make him a lot more playable instead of kind of 20 minutes a game. You know, I could see him playing 30 minutes a game if if that three was even at 33, 35%. Um, but right now, you know, the a lot of teams kind of are aware of kind of the pump fake drive tendency that he has and that dribble handoff is just it's not I don't I don't think they did it a lot tonight. Um, they haven't done it a lot last, you know, that, you know, recently when he was maybe uh, it's been a little while since he played. So maybe they they had. But that development of that three point shot, I think, would make me feel a lot better about kind of, you know, replacing Shangun, you know. Um, for wood, um, but obviously that takes a little time. But I think yeah, he has yeah. the competency to to get there definitely. And and we're gonna have this conversation about Christian Wood probably honestly every game until the trade deadline, which is on February 10th. It's also the same night as the Dream Shake night at Toyota Center against the Toronto Raptors. We're offering forty nine dollars seats in the lower bowl in a section that usually is about 80 to $90. It's a great way to go to a game, get some good seats for a reasonable price. So head over to the dreamshake.com and click on our article that's on our main page for more information. But Adam, any last thoughts before we sign off here? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on Eric Gordon. I, I, I feel like, I feel like the coaching staff has maybe has actually kind of told him, you know, maybe kind of back off on being so aggressive on offense. He's obviously, as you mentioned, been really still extremely efficient from three, still, you know, scoring about 12 points a game, but he's not really asserting himself. I feel like that's probably a note from the team, you know, to not to kind of get, you know, KPJ and Jalen Green kind of uh, um, kind of more time, you know, to kind of really see what they have. And KPJ in general, too, I think tonight was really – the last two games, really, has been really interesting. I think there are a lot of parallels with DeJounte Murray as well as De'Aaron Fox, you know, from a style of play, more so De'Aaron Fox. But, you know, uh, DeJounte Murray you know, and him are both from the Seattle area. I think they even played, you know, uh, there's like they played in like a pro-am game in Seattle. This That's on YouTube. And I, the question is, you know, like, DeJounte Murray has always been somewhat, you know, has been really good on defense for most of his career. And I think now he's kind of borderline elite on defense. I think KPJ needs to either needs needs to become elite at something, whether it's, you know, at scoring efficiently or something of that nature. And you look at kind of DeJounte Murray, you know, he's 24, KPJ's 21. Can can KPJ become a player of kind of DeJounte Murray's kind of stature in three years? Is there, or, or can he become, uh, can be, can he become, you know, De'Aaron Fox in three years? Is that, is that a possibility? Because I think De'Aaron Fox, the way he's playing right now, is maybe that's the best case scenario um, for what KPJ can, can become. And, and uh, kind of last point, um, I think like this team, they. I would love a player like Lugensdort on this team. And if, I think Lugensdort's an un, unrestricted free agent after next year, he signed that terrible four million, you know, four year, $5 million contract. You know, he was a he's, he's, guy. he's on the he's, Garrison Matthews contract. 
yeah, his, his agent should get fired because he, he was playing well enough to not accept that to begin with, you know, like he should have bet on himself. But I, if, if, if Lugans Dort was available this off season, I would say go ahead and pay him 20 million a year. Like, cause I, I think, I think he's a game changer and, and it, short of kind of a Lugans Dort, maybe there's kind of an opportunity if you're going to trade Eric Gordon, I think there's some, you know, you know, there's some wavering on that just based on just how he's playing and depending on, what he thinks, we really don't know what he thinks about it, but maybe a, a swap for Marcus Smart. You need kind of a player like that that's really gonna kind of, you know, kind of assert, you know, their their personality on the team because it's it's really a mood, you know. But yeah, sorry to go a little long, but no, you're good. You're good. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you uh, staying up late talking Rockets with me. Yep, I appreciate the time. Have a good rest. Mm-hmm. Of the- mm-hmm. So. Like, I, I hope that Kevin Porter, if, you know, he matures and well, when he matures in the next three years, I hope it's better than uh, DeJounte Murray or uh, De'Aaron Fox, mainly because you look at DeJounte Murray and you look at De'Aaron Fox and they're the best players on their teams that aren't the aren't going to the playoffs or aren't anywhere near contending. And so I hope that at least with Kevin Porter, it doesn't become that situation. But I also think that with all of these picks that are coming, I do think that Kevin Porter is going to at least have help around him. So he doesn't necessarily need to be the best player on the team, but he does need to become elite at something. Like I think what the I think the comparisons that I've kind of drawn over the last couple of weeks is uh, Drew Holiday, where he is just elite defensively and he can get you a bucket when you need it. And but he also doesn't need all of the responsibility on the offensive end. He has guys to bail him out and to allow him to be that super strong defensive player. So and I think tonight there were there were flashes of it enough for me to, you know, keep intrigued. And I think the last couple of games have just proven with the Rockets that they are making steps in the right direction, but they're not there quite yet. Um, and I think it's just going to be a matter of time. They're going to learn from their mistakes, and I, I'm i predicting a Rockets win on Sunday. I think that they're going to I, – I don't think that they're going to allow the Kings to shoot as much as they did, and I also think the Rockets eventually this drought from Jalen Green is going to end, and I think this drought from the whole team outside of really Eric Gordon and maybe and, and Christian Wood is, is going to end soon. The shots will fall, and you got to keep shooting them. It's just part of the game, at least the part of the Rockets game that they're trying to play here. But I think the Rockets are going to win Monday or on Sunday. I think that they're going to figure it out and take a split out of Sacramento. That's what you want to get in a two-game series like this. You, you want to come away with the split, especially when you're on the road. So hopefully they can get that on Sunday. The tip-off for that game is 5 p.m., central time mike is going to be on for the post game show so be sure to come back to spotify green room afterwards to check that out i think this is a good place to park the rocket ship thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take be sure to follow us on twitter at the dream take and at dreamshake sbn you can also head to the website www.thedreamshake.com home of all things houston rockets on espionation.com you can go to our website for more information about our Dream Shake Night at Toyota Center, February 10th against the Toronto Raptors. 
We are planning a whole lot of special events that day. So uh, keep posted. You can go to the dreamshake.com or check out our socials on Twitter and on Facebook. If you're over there, give us a like on that Facebook page. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets.